Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Joining me now as we break down all the market action. Good morning, Ryan Huang. Good morning, Michelle. Shall we start this morning in China? Let's go. Investors there, you see, are facing losses that potentially total in the tens of billions of US dollars. It's not small change. These losses stem from a sort of facility called Shadow Banking. They're a giant called Zhongxi Enterprise Group. And analysts say that their clients are likely to lose at least three quarters of their cash. Give us a quick primer. What exactly is a shadow banking company? What were they in the business of doing? Yeah, we think that no, the worst could be over for China. Here is another negative headline. And this is the shadow banking giant, like you pointed out, Zhongxi Enterprise. What they do is to provide credit to folks who don't really have access to the traditional channels, either for reasons that they can't qualify or they just don't have access to them for other reasons. So here is where they plug in the gap, you know, fill in the hole. There is demand for them. Sometimes the rates are higher, but sometimes investors have no choice anyways. So here is where they provide credit for folks who might want to use it for various investments, sometimes to buy property or what have you. So any reason you might need extra cash or credit. So that's where they step in to fill up the gap. And they basically pool household income in order to get the capital uh, to, to buy and offer these loans, right? Yeah, so this comes from um, property developers. It can be from households. So anyone can work with the shadow banking system to work around the traditional regulations. So the shadow banking system, as it suggests, it does not fall within the regulations of what traditional banks might be up to. So that's where they can have more leeway for who they choose as customers. And then you've got um, them being quite popular because many of these folks aren't able to qualify for some of the loan packages from these traditional banks. So they have mm. been quite popular in the wake of the recent slump in um, fortunes for some of these companies as yeah. well for home uh, house, households as well. On the point of them not being largely regulated, that's changing. China's shadow banking industry is valued at approximately three trillion US dollars. Shadow banks not regulated the same way traditional financial institutions, for example, they're not subject to the same liquidity or capital restrictions. As for Chongji, it recently reported a 36 billion US dollar shortfall on its balance sheet and said it faces insolvency. Chinese authorities have now opened criminal investigations into its money management business. So put this in context for us. We've talked on this show about China's troubled property counters, companies like Country Garden, China Evergrande that cannot service their debts. So is this crisis of China's shadow banking system related to the property sector's woes? Yes, it is. Because when you think about it, a lot of business, all the money went into property. So if these property developers are not able to pay back the bank, and when you think about a bank, it needs to do it both ways, right? One mm. is to lend money and one is to be able to get the money. So if you can't get back the money from the folks it lent it to, mm-hmm. then it's going to find itself in a bit of a cash flow, cash flow crunch. And then it just snowballs. The investors will not be able to get back the money. And these investors who might be liable elsewhere could just hold up the system on other fronts. So you've got a bit of a potential domino effect if this spirals out of control.
It's been a difficult year for Chinese equities. The CSI 300 is down more than 9% since January. In fact, the last couple of years have been difficult for Chinese stocks. But Goldman Sachs thinks that this is about to change. It is projecting double-digit gains for Chinese equities in 2024. So what exactly is behind Goldman's bullish thinking? Yeah, it's a real case of glass half full or empty and Goldman Sachs is looking quite optimistic relatively so what they're saying is no there have been so many reports so much bad news in the headlines a lot of it has already been priced in so going on from here valuations are looking attractive on that basis and the way forward is likely to be up so they are forecasting that the msci china index will rise 12 percent the csi 300 index could go up by 15 percent next year mm-hmm. and this is on the back of earnings growth of around 10 percent mm-hmm. so it is looking quite optimistic if there is no further bad news and of course they are on the premise that this has already been priced in but i think as we've been talking about no, there is a shadow banking crisis potentially around the corner there could be more bad news we haven't uncovered yet so it's still up in the air Let's turn our attention now to another sort of financial issue and one that affects depositors across the globe, including here in Singapore. I am talking about cybercrime, you know, phishing, those other scams that defraud us of our money. Well, Singapore's three local banks are banding together for a new scheme to help depositors protect their money. What are they doing? Yeah, so it's quite an interesting idea. And it's pretty much compartmentalizing your account into what I would describe as a virtual account. So you've got the three banks coming up with their own brands, but essentially the same thing. For example, um, one of the banks calls it Money Lock, another mm-hmm. one calls it Digi Vault. But in essence, it's just putting up a virtual wall from your regular account, putting it into a virtual safety deposit box so that if you want to move it around, take out money from that place, it's harder to do so. You can pretty much only do it by physically visiting the bank. And the idea here is to put another obstacle in place so that scammers will not be able to move it online so easily, especially for older folks who might not be aware that they have given access online to someone, either a phishing scam or giving out an OTP or the passwords. So having to visit the bank is another safeguard, I suppose, which will be very helpful for the older folks. So these are locked accounts that essentially you can only access in person. You can have multiple locked accounts, but only the first one will be eligible for additional interest. DBS offering some 1.8% per annum interest over the uh, on your average daily balance in DigiVault accounts, the promotion period, you know, has an end February 29, 2024. You have to decide then. So OCBC and UOB customers can lock their savings from this Thursday. DBS will roll out their locked account a week later. Now, while these locked accounts for the elderly, for example, not so well versed in e-banking, seems like a good idea. They should certainly help prevent fraud. Some observers say it also looks like a step backwards. Digital banking was meant to be the future, but now you're telling depositors essentially that they have to turn up in person to these brick-and-mortar cashiers. What yeah, do you think? that's an interesting thought, right? Things coming full circle. You know, when we were trying to become more online, more cashless, now we are going back to 
the tokens in some cases, no, we are hearing people say, hey, we want those tokens back again, not just rely on smartphones. So I suppose it's a case of scammers and technology and the law in a race. Everyone's trying to get ahead of the other. And we have to figure out how to work around these new issues. Now, the landscape is changing. We need to be open to new ideas and I'm glad that the banks are open to trying out new things. And this looks like a step forward in that sense. I suppose for us, it's useful if you look at it this way. If you're not going to be moving the money, why not just lock it up and then maybe you won't spend it that much. And maybe it is also good for banks because they have more stability in terms of um, the cash flow. Instead of a fixed D, they can entice you to go into this account without the interest rate of a fixed D. So I suppose it's a bit of a win-win if you look at it in that lens. But you are right that things seem to be going back down memory lane. Going back to the bank is, in some cases, safer. When was the last time you withdrew money from a bank? I remember having to bring my little blue passbook to the bank and having that bit of a thrill (laughs) when I could update it and then see the... (laughs) money, numbers, all flash or get printed on my book, right? And then you get that sense of, wow, I managed to save up this much. And then every time you go to a bank, you get that bit of a, bit of a cheap thrill. Yeah, so yeah, I'll that see was you and I'll raise you. 30 years ago. I remember going in with my uh, spare change. Yes. And then they'd run it through that machine. Yeah, that sound. Gorgeous sound of money. No wonder we're both here. All right, let's turn to the U.S. now, where U.S. stocks edge lower overnight. The S&P 500 closed down 0.2%. The Dow not far behind. The Nasdaq finished marginally lower. Still, U.S. stocks are on track to record strong gains for the month of November, which is likely to be the best month of the year for Wall Street. The Nasdaq is currently up. 11% 11% over the past month. The Dow and S&P 500, let's take a look, up about 7 to 9%. All right, let's look at corporate news. We do it up or down style. Ryan and I make a call. Our first three entries, we head to China for, and let's start with ByteDance. That, by the way, is the company that owns TikTok. Up or down? All right, so if you look at ByteDance, it's going to be a down for me because it's winding down. It's gaming business. It's called Nuvus. So, in essence, it means it's giving up the space to mm. Tencent, which is a bigger leader right now in the space. So, TikTok Maker ByteDance is, I suppose, focusing on what works and prioritizing its resources right now. So, ByteDance is reportedly cutting hundreds of jobs in its gaming division, and this marks a significant retreat for the company. It had previously invested billions of dollars into gaming as it is trying to, it was trying to challenge and trench players like Tencent, NetEase as well. So this retreat, I think, is a down for a bite dance. Let's look at Alibaba. All right, Alibaba, pretty much in the same vein. It is cutting down, shutting down its quantum computing lab as part of its restructuring efforts. And I suppose some good came out of it. It donated its equipment to a university. Mm-mm. Some investors might applaud this move because it should help improve the company's bottom line. But I'm going to give Alibaba a down because I think shutting your quantum computing research lab really limits your future research capabilities and quite possibly, by extension, future growth. Let's look at Chinese fast fashion company Shein. All right, Shein, if you're into fast fashion and you like shopping online, it's hard to run away from the ads and this app. It's quite big in the US and it has 
confidentially filed to go public in the US. And the last valuation was $66 billion. So it's going to be a big splash once it makes its debut. And going by the folks I follow online, it seems like a big deal. Does seem like a big deal. Sheen reportedly filing to go public in the US. You just heard the valuation at least 66 billion US dollars for the Chinese retailer. Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, Morgan Stanley, they are expected to be the lead underwriters for the IPO. I'd rather invest in a sneaker company. Why a sneaker company? Well, yesterday I talked to a Singapore grown, homegrown sneaker platform. Okay, they sell secondhand sneakers. They're called Novel Ship. Mm. I think this is the future. They are seeing their women demographic grow at a clip of 45%. So, this so is. So, you're whole... part of that 45% now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There's a whole untapped market out there. Sneakers are the future. Think about how people flex all the oh, time with right, their sneakers. Right. I'm looking at your sneakers right now. They look pretty nifty. So, Thank I suppose um, it's not something you're hoping to resell, right? <laughs> is it an investment or how do you look at it? Um, I think that a lot of people buy these sneakers and then they shrink wrap them. Because uh, yeah. And you can store them at these platforms. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So you've got to look for the limited edition ones. Yeah, so I'm going to wait for that company to IPO and then I'm in. All right, for our next three entries, let's bring the conversation back to Singapore. What do you think of Marco Polo Marine? All right, earnings season and Marco Polo Marine has a pretty decent report card. Its net profit for the second half ended September is up 74% to 18.3 million dollars and helping out is gross profit margins expanding and lower expenses and higher revenue. So Marco Polo Marine Listener is a marine logistics business and it's got a healthy balance, so a lot of cash in hand with profits surging almost 75% in the first half of this year, by the way. So that is definitely an up. Uh, while its profits are up 75%, Marco Polo Marine's share price is up about 25% from the start of the year. So maybe they have a bit more room to run. Next up, let's look at a locally listed logistics company, the LHN Group. Yeah, I am going with an up here because they've been in the news for these fancy bus hotels that are at Changni. So you can yes. now book a stay mm-hmm. in what used to be a bus and they kind of repurpose <laughs> it to be a hotel. It's quite confusing if you think about it. Would you need a one to stay in a bus that's now a hotel room? Well, this is like every two-year-old's dream come true. I suppose you have to find the right crowd for it. So it's going for $400. Okay. So that by itself kind of narrows down who might want to go for it. So it's going to open bookings on 1st December. So if you are on the lookout for a new experience, then you can check it out. I'm just a bit disappointed. It doesn't have any double back-decker buses. It's all oh, single-story ones. Yeah, that would make a difference. Hey, it comes with ensuite bathrooms, so that's important. A bathtub in the bus, yeah. Yeah, it looks pretty fancy inside. I have to say, LHN's profits jumped more than 55% during the first half of the year. It will pay a dividend of $0.02 per share. That's twice as much as a year earlier. On top of that, it is making a move from the Catalyst Board to the Singapore Exchange's main board. And that shift will take place in about two weeks. So that's all positive. I'm going to give LHN an up. Our final entry today is Semcorp Industries. All right. This is good news for Semcorp. It's buying wind assets in China and India for about $200 million. So stepping up when it comes to the renewable energy space, which has been 
is journey for quite some time. So it's an up for me. Yeah, I'll give it an up on that acquisition of wind assets in China and India as well, banked uh, to the tune of $200 million. Well, next up, let's head to the box office, shall we? Disney's latest animated film has not fared well. That film is called Wish, and over the U.S. Thanksgiving Day weekend, it grossed about $31 million U.S. dollars. That is well below expectations and really extends a rut for Disney's animated film. So I guess if people are not out watching Wish, what were they watching, Ryan? Yeah, so I suppose they were spoiled for choice to some extent. So they also had Lion Gate's Hunger Games, The Battle of Songbirds ah. and Snakes. So Hunger Games, if you remember, was a big hit. You know, the sequel, people are looking out for it. It's been some time. So that to the top spot, coming in, 422 million dollars in ticket sales Mm -hmm. you also have Apple and Sony's Napoleon and that's an R-rated war epic from Ridley Scott so big name and of course um, big collaborators as well coming Mm -hmm. in second 32.75 million dollars so Wish is not cutting it right now it doesn't look like uh, moviegoers are liking the idea here Mm-mm, bit of a miss. Uh, Disney's wish cost more than 200 million US dollars to make. That doesn't even include its marketing budget. So it really has a long way to go to recoup its costs. So, uh, what are you going to take your family to watch? Wish or Napoleon? You're going to wait for everything to stream? Well, there are a lot of options out there right now. So it's really, really got to be compelling for me to fuck out the cash to go to the cinema right now. So mm-hmm. I suppose I will for now wait for the latest releases on Netflix. And that's the thing, right? These streaming platforms are so fast when it comes to uh, yeah. releasing what is at the cinemas. It really makes you think twice, should I go to the theatres to watch it or just wait one or two weeks? Yeah. And then I'll watch it on the plane even. Yeah, I can share it with the whole family Insidious, uh, The Red Door, as everybody knows, I'm a huge horror fan. I was really excited to catch it at the movies, didn't have the time. And before I know it, I was on a plane watching it for free. Yeah, and I suppose the trade-off is the sound system. Ah, yeah. it is comparable to some extent. You still enjoy it in the zone. No no one's disturbing you. Yeah. It's a meal in front of you as well sometimes. Things have changed for movie watching, I have to say. For our last word, I want to head to Changi Airport Terminal 3. Because there, ladies and gentlemen, officials are testing out an innovative use of artificial intelligence. It's like my dream come true. They're using AI for security checks. So they have a system that uses machine learning and artificial intelligence to screen your carry-on luggage. This is supposed to be faster than what humans are capable of doing and less prone to error the whole entire process. I think it's pretty cool that Changi Airport's at the forefront of this technology. Also, this seems to come at a great time. Passenger numbers at Changi set to return to pre-COVID levels next year and to increase further by 2025. What do you think? Yep, the robots are taking over your jobs. <laughs> That's pretty much what's going on here. But it makes sense here because if you look at the x-rays that come out from the x-ray machine, they paint different materials in different colors. And then you've got different shapes as well. So if it's water, it comes in in different color. If it's metal, it comes in with a um, reddish color depending on the density. So it makes sense because it's quite a simple job for an AI to pick out. And especially at fast speeds, right? We've got so many bags going in. You can rely on a robotic eye to catch these colors all these shapes that you are looking out for and then just flag it right away mm. um, sometimes fatigue comes in if you're relying on a human and of course these humans can be freed up to be more efficient doing more important stuff 
Let's get a little bit nerdy about screening technology. So currently, security screeners at Changi rely mainly on these two-dimensional X-ray images, right, to screen out your dangerous items in your carry-on luggage. But these newer machines are going to use CT scans, and that can produce more detailed 3D images that can allow passengers to keep your laptops, keep your other electronic items inside your bags. Nice. AI systems can read both 2D and 3D, and they're being trained to recognize safe items as well as prohibited ones. Listen, anything that allows me to get through that whole rigmarole process of security faster, I, I'm thrilled with. Okay, uh, this is a Singapore experience. Imagine if you can bypass it in other airports like in the US. That is going to be a game changer. Yeah, absolutely. Completely. A lot to look forward to. Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning. You're with us here on Your Money. He's Ryan Wong. I'm Michelle Martin. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.